Hello, and welcome to A Call for Love. I believe the most powerful gift you can offer yourself is to give and receive love more freely. I'm your host, Linda Orsini, meditation guide and spiritual coach. Everyone has the desire to be seen, heard, respected, and loved. The journey to becoming more connected to your greater purpose lies within the ability to live from the deep source of love within you. Let's begin. I have an important question to ask you. I was looking for a new inspirational meditation the other day for my own practice and came across a ton of I am enough meditations. And, you know, once again, I was reminded that so many people, including myself, feel like we are not enough. Where on earth did we learn we are not enough? Because when we were born, we were perfect little miracles, a precious new baby, so lovable, cute, and innocent. It just makes me marvel that somewhere along the way, we develop these feelings of inadequacy and inferiority. It's just so interesting. Do you ever feel like you're not good enough, maybe at work or in your relationships, and even more importantly, in your heart? I'm wondering, do you ever feel like you are forever proving yourself to others? Maybe it's not all the time. I know a lot of self-assured people, but I can't imagine there's anyone in this day and age that doesn't feel that they are not doing enough or enough, period. Goodness, even as a yoga teacher and yoga student, I find myself comparing, actually. Yoga, which I believe to be a non-competitive practice for crying out loud. My inner critic always babbling, oh, I wish I could do those advanced poses like so-and-so. Or why is my balance off today when everyone else looks so grounded? These are some of the mental ruminating thoughts going through my mind. Let's try something together. Make a mental list, or even if it's possible, if you're not driving or walking, listening to the podcast, write down all the ways you feel inferior in your life, where you feel inadequate, what you feel you do not have enough of. Let me throw some out there. Maybe you feel you don't have enough self-confidence because you don't have enough money or friends, or maybe you feel your body is not the right size or it's not the right look, or maybe your colleague got a raise or promotion or new job and you didn't, or your friends are going on a new vacation and you're not able to get your act together to go or have enough money. There are endless ways we can be made to feel like we are not enough, but is it really true? I was on the phone with one of my girlfriends and I asked her where she feels like she's not enough in her life. She said that she never feels like she's good enough when she meets up with one of her old high school friends. Her friend makes more money than her, has a nicer house, and is still very happily married. While my girlfriend is divorced and although managing, not thriving as much as she feels her girlfriend is. And I feel like this is not an unusual scenario. We're both big fans of Byron Katie, who is the author and creator of the work. So I asked her, well, let's try her questions out. And Byron Katie's questions are, one, is it true? Two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And four, who would you be without the thought? So then I asked my girlfriend, 
Do you really feel inadequate and inferior? You have to give me a one word answer. She says, yes, I do. So we moved on to question two. Can you absolutely know for sure that you are inadequate and inferior? She said, well, I don't know for sure that I, that I am. So we progressed to question three. Well, what happens? How do you react? And what happens when you believe that thought, when you believe you're not enough? So she thought for a moment. She says, well, you know, it's interesting because I was trying to justify my life and where I am. I justified the rising costs of the economy and the interest rates. And she had to pay another semester tuition for her daughter. And she also tried to think of starting a relationship, but she was just too busy. And this winter, she decided not to go away because traveling is such a headache this year. Interesting, we both thought. And finally, four, who would you be without the thought? She really thought she would feel much happier if she liked who she was and if she felt her life was enough. She'd be feel lighter in the heart and more uplifted. She was feeling really low and depressed and significant after her meetup with her girlfriend. And I really felt bad. So I was trying to really help her move through this process. By the end of the conversation, she was feeling more proud about how she likes her job, even though she would like to make more money. And although she would like a relationship, she has a great group of girlfriends that really do bring her joy. So she came to think of it that she does feel good about herself when she stopped comparing herself to others. So my point here is that so many of us learn the feelings of not being enough of being inadequate, of being inferior from outside ourselves. I see it all around me. And I have to believe, and I do believe we learn it or are socialized into it. For example, I do feel it could stem from our formative years, zero to seven. How people talk to us, how they praised us and celebrated when we succeeded Let's take, for example, you know, as a little toddler, you take your first step and everyone cheers for you, or you put your the food in your mouth and everyone cheers for you. When you were put into sports and you got a goal and there was a big celebration, or at school with your grades and stickers, and the list goes on and on. These are all reinforcements that when we do well and when we succeed, we get praise. But when we don't, what happens? We are left feeling inadequate. We're left feeling behind. So it's a little bit raw for me to share, but I will here that uh, my feelings of not being enough really, I believe, stem from birth order. I'm the youngest of 11 children, and I always wanted to be older. I actually hated being the baby of the family, even though now I'm older, I quite like it. <laughs> And I wanted to be as accomplished and productive and as important as my seven older brothers and three older sisters. But of course, how could I be when everyone else had a head start? They are fabulous people, and I love and admire each one of them. But in reality, I was never going to be able to catch up to them because they had a head start. They were able to get their first job, their first home, get married first, go on vacations, They had a head start just because logistically. I was always the youngest and the last to the finish line, so to speak. 
And I developed these, I call them inner child wounds of not being enough and to no fault of theirs. Really, I do not have this victim mentality or I do not have any blame. I just feel it was the way things were. It's really been the driving force behind all my accomplishments and suffering, actually. I kind of refer to it as my pretty pain. Pretty like a rose because it's really helped me accomplish big goals. And pain, I hate to use the word here, but pain in the ass, period, because it's really caused me suffering. Unnecessary, unneeded, and undeserved suffering. I'm just wondering if you've experienced feelings of inadequacy, of not being enough. I imagine that most people at one time feel like this, and I'm not alone, especially when we're not living in our awareness of wholeness. It once again reminds me of that quote I mentioned in the trailer. I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set it free said Michelangelo. We've had all this external programming, all these external influences, and it's leaving us feeling inadequate and not enough. So I grew up believing that the best way to conquer these feelings of inadequacy and not feeling enough was an indication that I had low self-esteem, but really I don't. I actually really believe in myself and have a healthy mindset. I grew up with a lot of love and support, but when a challenge or a new goal presents itself to me, that inner child wound really, really comes to life. Fear strikes hard and I get twisted. I worry that what I'm doing is not enough, that it's not good enough. I could be better. So-and-so is doing it better. What? And, but that is just a powerful lie I continue to tell myself, and maybe you tell that lie to yourself as well. Well, this is definitely a call for love. It's a chance to notice what is happening within your mind. And spoiler alert, building self-esteem is not the answer. I used to put post-it notes all over (laughs) my house. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. And I remember Oprah Winfrey actually stating that. She talked a lot about that feeling of inadequacy of being enough. And I tell you, it really did not work. I believe it's about building your self-compassion muscle. And that's only in the last couple of years that since I've studied yoga, meditation, and mindfulness, that I realized building one's self-esteem is not the answer. So let's take a look at the difference between building self-esteem versus self-compassion in order to help us to be more mindful how we relate to ourselves and others. And if you're a parent, this is specifically important, or even a partner, or actually just a human being, because how we talk to other people, we need to really be mindful. Are we giving, boosting up their ego through the self-esteem, or are we really offering them compassion? I've read a lot from the works of Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer, and this is what they have to say about the difference between self-esteem versus self-compassion. So in their studies, they've learned that self-esteem requires comparing yourself to others. It's really the comparison game. When in self-compassion, there is no comparison. There's no judgment or comparison. It's an inner practice. Self-esteem is actually creates separateness from others, creating the mentality of you against the world. You ever have that feeling? It's you against the world, you against 
everybody else. When self-compassion really emphasizes that we're all on a journey and no one's life is perfect. Building your self-esteem muscle is wishy-washy and unreliable as it fluctuates according to your successes or your failures and watching those of others. And self-compassion is a reliable source of comfort and support as it relates to your personal thoughts and feelings. Self-esteem is an external process of how you feel or not, while self-compassion is an internal process and over time really creates more stable sense of self-worth. You know, when you try to build up your self-esteem or those of others, it actually increases stress by releasing adrenaline, that fight, flight, or freeze response due to the feeling emotionally attacked or defensive. But when you practice self-compassion, it decreases your stress by releasing oxytocin to help us feel calm, trusting, nurtured, soothed, and comforted. When I'm trying to build my self-esteem, I have a lot of self-critical talk, where when I offer myself loving kindness through self-compassion, I have kindness. I'm more gentle with myself. Because there's a misconception that when we are sensitive, we are soft. In actuality, it takes a lot of strength to open ourselves to being vulnerable. Powering through life with a harshness and tough skin may protect us in the moment, but putting up walls around our heart thinking it will protect us actually hurts us. We want to be kinder to ourselves. We want to have more compassionate self-talk. And self-esteem is really driven by the ego, the small self, the small S, they call it. And self-compassion really helps you tap into the source of your higher self, relating to yourself as part of the whole human experience. When we focus on building our self-esteem, it's based in fear, as self-criticism makes us feel insecure and sends our amygdala into overdrive and floods our system with cortisol, which we do not want. But when we practice self-compassion based in love, it allows us to feel confident and secure by pumping up our oxytocin. Self-esteem is self-judgment. Self-compassion is loving kindness. When we're in a place of tapping into our smaller self through ego, we feel insecure as opposed to feeling safe. When we tap into the ego, it originates in the mind instead of in the heart. And it relies on praise from others instead of finding our own inner source of truth and wholeness. When you give people compliments and try to boost their self-esteem to others or yourself, you create separateness. It's the I mentality of the ego, the small self. But through loving kindness, through compassion, through relating to this experience that we're all in it together, it creates a we mentality that we're all in this experience together. So I'd like us to just take a moment and really reflect on how we talk to ourselves. Are we trying to build our self-esteem or are we offering ourselves self-compassion? Which is more lasting? Which is more impactful? Once again, I'm teaching another course, and this time at Aigida Yoga Studio in um, Oakville, Ontario, Canada. And one of the 
ladies, Claudia, who is just a beautiful woman. She says, you know, her son was doing really well in math and he got a very high grade. So in the past, she would have said, wow, congratulations. That's so good. And she decided she's going to offer more thoughtfulness through self-compassion. So she said to him, and how does it make you feel? So instead of turning outward for the acclamation of doing well, she wants him to tap into how he's feeling inside and building his self-worth from the inside out. And I was so touched by this. This is why, you know, I was, I am the guide in these courses and I am the guide here on this podcast, but really I'm not the guide anywhere. We're all these students of life. We're all learning the process. It's all a call for love. It's just a matter of noticing where we're standing. Are we standing in a place of self-love, of self-worth, of self-validation? Or are we standing in a place of feeling inferior, vulnerable, inadequacy? It's just about noticing. And when you notice when you're out of alignment with love, it's a call for love. It's a call to be kinder. So maybe placing whenever you're in this feeling of not enough, maybe saying to yourself, you know, I'm sorry you feel like this. You know, offer yourself loving kindness, offering yourself the realization that nothing's ever going to be perfect, but we are perfect where we are because it's where we are and it's our journey. I hope you hear the message today that if you're feeling like you're not enough, know that you want to tap into your inner resource of self-compassion, of being kind to yourself, instead of looking outward for validation. Thank you for listening. From my heart to yours, namaste. Thank you for listening. It would mean so much to me if you could share this episode with someone you feel could benefit from its message and subscribe to a Call for Love podcast to receive new weekly episodes every Tuesday. Head over to globalwellnesseducation.com to learn more.